everyone. Um, my name is Jonathan Blaine. I'm going to be your moderator for today. Uh, I want to welcome you to this session. Um, this is the second session in a series of three regarding uh, resilience uh, during COVID-19 and responding to certain uncertainties that we have here in Thailand. As everybody is well aware, we've been into this for about a year and a half now, and the economic impact has been sort of all over the place. This particular session will focus on debt restructuring or, or debt workout and other types of uh, uh, debt, um, uh, again, uh, restructuring for, for accommodating debt, debt issues, etc. I want to introduce our speaker today. So Vinay Ahuja uh, uh, works out of the Bangkok office, although he, like many people in the firm, wears several different hats. So he is the uh, partner and head of the uh, banking and finance practice for the whole region. He's also the head of the technology practice for the entire region and leads our Indonesian practice office um, out of Jakarta. So um, without further ado, I think I want, oh, actually, Vinay, you've been with the firm a very long time, right? I, I will ask you real quick. Thank you, Johnny. Yes, uh, now almost 11 years now with the firm. So shuttle between Vencian, a little bit of uh, Cambodia, Myanmar, and uh, last six years in Bangkok, plus shuttling with Jakarta. Yeah. So you can tell we, 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 we have a, even though we tend to, all of us tend to have a little bit of a niche somewhere, we, uh, we tend to be cross uh, industries and expertise, but also uh, pan-regional. So a lot of us have regional expertise, et cetera, and that's quite typical of uh, the professionals in our firm. So um, again, to start us off with the conversation, today's conversation is going to focus mainly on debt restructuring for companies that are having uh, debt issues or debt servicing issues, obviously, uh, during the downturn in the economy because of the pandemic. Uh, lots of companies have sort of run into cash flow or cash flow issues, especially those companies or businesses or industries where there have been mandatory shutdowns and the like. So, um, Lots of companies are looking to find ways to uh, accommodate the, or restructure their debt. So, Vinay, if you could maybe give us a little bit of uh, information on what options might be available to organizations desiring to restructure debt uh, during this period. Uh, first of all, uh, debt structuring has been, I believe, uh, the talk of or talk of town. I would say in the COVID uh, era. Uh, previously, it was more about uh, the companies which were really struggling due to some issues to their uh, finances were more looking at restructuring options. But because of COVID, we have seen majority of businesses looking at options to restructure their debt. Now, Thailand, uh, again, there is no one size fit all kind of a concept. Uh, it depends on what is your debt. Uh, do you hold any assets? What form of assets you have? How strong those assets are? Uh, how were you performing back in 2019? How bad was 2020 and how worse is 2021? How much leveraged you are at the moment? So depending on all these factors, there are some options available under, Thai, uh, under Thailand. And the Thai government is... Uh, I would say generously working in coming out with solutions, uh, starting from the large companies which are doing business and even to the SMEs. So uh, before any 
op structuring options can be evaluated. One of the foremost uh, thing to be considered by the company itself is what is the status of debt and what is the status of the asset. Now, I generally divide these options into five categories. Uh, first is obviously if uh, you have a debt running and you believe it's on a high interest rate, then the first option would be to approach the current financial institutions under the regime of Bank of Thailand of soft loans. Uh, Bank of Thailand has been issue, uh, granting incentives of soft loans to the financial institutions, wherein financial institutions can grant you loans on a lower interest rate. So if you believe that your current lending either from an existing financial institution or from a third party borrower or from a, uh, any other lendings is high, then you should kind of approach the financial institution in restructuring your debt to a soft loan provision, wherein maybe for the initial two years, your interest rate will be 2% and for the remaining term, it can be maximum of 5%. Again, this, this is again to the discretion of the financial institution and going back to how good your assets are and how good your 2019 was and how you are performing in 2020. Uh, the second I would say is uh, if you have been uh, uh, somehow managing your debt well, but you are having your cash flow issues, let's say you feel that, yes, uh, my business is coming back, but the invoices which I'm raising on the business uh, may give me money back only after 90 days or after six months when my vendor decide to pay me, then you may try approaching uh, the third party lenders per se for maybe a, a crowdfunding uh, and invoice financing or possibly a balance sheet financing. Uh, you have some new players, P2P players like uh, funding societies, Siam Validus, Peer Power, who are ready to offer you invoice financing on a monthly or a quarterly or a six monthly basis. Now, you have to understand in this aspect is you are sure that, yes, your invoice will get paid. It's about the time when it will be paid and you need the money now. So I believe this is the second kind of option what you can consider. Third would be, uh, are you asset rich and poor cash? So if you are a asset rich uh, person, then obviously there's a new scheme launched by the government of Thailand or the Bank of Thailand, which is known as the asset warehousing scheme, where uh, you can uh, transfer your debt, uh, sorry, transfer your assets, which were previously collateralized to the financial institution and uh, kind of either with an option of buyback after five years, within five years and to rent back and lease those assets back with a pre-agreed price. So technically you can put a price on your assets, give it to the financial institution, lease it back to run your business, and then have the option to buy them back within a period of five years. Uh, again, it all uh, depends again to the discretion of the financial institution. One key ingredient to this option would be that you are an existing borrower to the bank and the assets which are to be transferred were already collateralized with the bank under that debt. So this may not fit well for the new borrowers or uh, the borrowers of other financial institution. 
so this is one place where uh, a, a lot of large asset based companies can consider and to my uh, understanding again hospitality or what i call the hotel industry real estate industry or maybe the airline industry can take advantage of this option like what even even uh, offshore if you look at singapore airlines uh, they they kind of sold all their aircrafts and then leased it back so it's kind of that similar concept uh the fourth option would be uh, about the debt equity conversion now as some of you may know debt equity conversion is not uh, the best uh, 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 option given there are a lot of restrictions on uh, uh, debt equity conversion so this has to be carefully structured with the financial institution and work better with uh, a public company the last option uh, would be again as everyone in the news would have read about thai airways going to the court about the court monitored restructuring so yeah that is one way where you feel that no options are left and uh, you think the creditors are knocking on your door you run the risk of them enforcing on the securities so it's uh, one way to approach the uh, the court with a uh, with an application to consider rehabilitation or a court monitored rehabilitation uh, and i believe that should be the last option because you run the risk of bankruptcy there so these are five broad options what one could consider on restructuring uh, debt in fund Right. So, with those uh, sort of five uh, options sort of detailed out uh, quite well, I'm wondering if you can just give us a little flavor on the, the legal or regulatory compliance that might be required uh, for a debt a debt restructuring. Okay. Uh, the first uh, two options when I talked about that was uh, the soft loan or the uh, the peer to peer funding or the crowd funding. I believe. Uh, there isn't much of regulatory scope there it's again to the discussion with the the bank when you're talking about the soft loan or with the uh, crowdfunding issuer or the invoice financing again you have to enter into agreements with these parties and they will handle it the regulatory part comes in when either you were doing an asset restructure uh, asset warehousing scheme so as i previously mentioned uh, one of the key ingredient in this would be one you need to be an existing borrower and your uh, existing asset should be already collateralized with the bank uh on the regulatory side one you agree on the transfer price initially uh there are two options either the bank can run the uh, asset by themselves or you can lease back or rent back those assets now practically looking at it a uh, bank will not take your hotel to run by themselves again a lucrative option would be that you tell them that yes you will lease back or take uh, take it on rent so the rent paid to the financial institution can be considered towards the transfer price what has been previously agreed so obviously whatever rent you are paying to the bank can be deducted from the total transfer price uh, transfer price which has been agreed uh there is a 1% carrying cost which the bank may apply and lastly there can also be a custody expenses which the bank may like to apply depending on what kind of assets are in custody and how much expenses are involved there uh 
lastly, when we talk about uh, reorganization by court, now this is a more tricky part. Again, uh, you have to have your uh, what I call creditors on board. You can approach the court. The court will, in the first application, decide that whether uh, you your uh, debt is more than ten million. It's definite. Uh, number two, you are putting in your request in good faith. It's not a fraudulent manner. Uh, number third, there is a likelihood of a rehabilitation. If the court feels that there is no likelihood of rehabilitation then they may put you as well into the bankruptcy side so if there with these three or four factors if the court accepts your application then the entire cycle of uh, rehabilitation or debt restructuring starts wherein the court will appoint a plan preparer and a, a rehabilitation plan will be prepared uh, discussed with the creditors and once the court accepts your application a kind of a stay is granted wherein you as a borrower are not allowed to uh, sell your assets or do anything with those assets. Similarly, if you are a creditor, you cannot enforce your rights vis-a-vis -vis the borrower. Uh, you cannot uh, file a civil claim or a bankruptcy claim against the borrower. Similarly, the authorities which were providing you public utility services electricity water xyz cannot cannot suspend those utility services so yeah you kind of get a stay there wherein you have to work on a plan with the creditor now you just can't take things for granted because you have to make sure that a plan works and uh, you are uh, able to have a kind of a settlement with the creditor wherein creditor is also in a win-win situation because no bank wants to kind of uh, leave everything outside. So, yeah, uh, there when court comes in and uh, there are a lot of other uh, things which come into the picture. Yeah. But having said all this, uh, approaching the creditor on first place, looking for a solution, I believe is the best way forward rather than getting into all this regulatory scope. Okay, that's that's very detailed and very good. Um, being cognizant of the time a little bit. Um, I'm wondering if you can give us just a little bit of flavor uh, as far as uh, opportunities for foreign investors. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, PE and everything who, who've got some powder uh, dry that they want to try to invest or pick up assets at cheap rates or, or do some lending or some debt uh, investment. So I'm just wondering if you're seeing anything in that space or if you're seeing any opportunities for foreign investors to come in and help with that process. Yeah, so there are two forms of foreign investor, what I could feel. One are the general investors. If they're looking for a good valuation, I believe now is the time. Uh, we have seen an era of 2019 or maybe start of 2020 where uh, we saw weird valuations. Even mm -hmm. nobody could make sense of those valuations. Uh, but suddenly, if one would look at few companies, we are looking at at least 70% discount of those valuations. So if your portfolio was to invest in certain form of companies, then I believe right now uh, it's a good option. Uh, for example, currently 47% uh, of NPL of Thailand is wholesale and retail trade. 19% uh, is into manufacturing. 11% is into services. So if somebody is looking uh, on an investment side uh, into these sectors, 
then it's a fantastic place uh, for getting a good valuation and get those, uh, uh, you can say, good companies uh, uh, at a cheap price. Uh, now, this I'm talking more from investors' perspective where you're not looking for a kind of a takeover or a, a majority stake and things like these. Now, there are other uh, kind of foreign investors as well who are more focused on distressed funds uh, or a, a takeover of distressed assets and sale of NPLs. So I believe this is again a great time for uh, these kind of investors as well. Uh, there are a lot of uh, at least distressed asset on the market at, uh, for real estate and the hospitality side. Aviation, uh, we are seeing a lot of again distressed assets. So and uh, though the Bank of Thailand has relaxed the criteria for uh, NPLs in Thailand, but I still believe in some time uh, we will have a larger portfolio of NPLs will be out for sale. And the investors which are looking for uh, those kind of opportunities in the market, then it's a good time to talk to financial, in, uh, financial institutions for possibly a deal on the sale of NPLs. And if you need any assistance, then definitely we can also help you out in reaching out to the institutions and uh, packaging those NPL transactions. And just if, uh, just for the last question, if we can just, uh, you mentioned the sectors or different sectors a moment ago. So if we could just maybe recap, what are the sort of the sectors that are most prone to large scale consolidation or debt restructuring at the moment? Okay, for Thailand, again, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, one could say a multiplier effect. Mm. There's a theory in the market that every $100 brought by a tourist, you generate $1,000 of business. So with 14% of GDP based on tourism, uh, there are a lot of companies which we see have been affected with the COVID. Mm -hmm. So obviously first being the, uh, uh, one would say the hospitality industry. Uh, second being again, the food and beverage industry. With the, uh, the, the restaurants opening, closing, bars coming down. So yes, that is one way. Aviation industry. Uh, we are all seeing how the restructurings have been filed. Uh, to a certain extent, all the service sector linked to these industries, uh, aviation, real estate, uh, uh, hospitality, uh, then uh, there are businesses which are also linked to these industries. To give you an example, uh, advertisements. Mm -hmm. Now, if any of these, any of the attendees driving to the airport in recent times, can see all the billboards empty. Nobody is yeah. putting those advertisements up. Yeah. Then like uh, architecture and design. Suddenly architecture and design used to be a lucrative business because of large scale hotels and real estate development in Thailand. It's kind of out of business at the moment. So there are a lot of these related businesses. And sometimes I give an example, uh, everyone would have seen a golf cart in a lot of these hotels. Now, all these hotel chart, even that kind of manufacturing business, which are manufacturing golf carts, is okay. kind of uh, uh, out of business or struggling. So uh, every business which was kind of related to tourism, we will see possible consolidation or we are already seeing possible consolidation. And lastly, like uh, money exchange businesses, mm -hmm. we could see a lot of these small mom and pop shops uh, everywhere in Bangkok, at least. Uh, offering uh, foreign exchanges, 
we don't see them more. So yes, we expect some consolidation in that that area as well. But yeah, uh, uh, I believe the entire uh, scope or, or the uh, business sector has been affected, and uh, we'll uh, I would say it will take some more time before we see the recovery to the 2019 levels. Fantastic. What I wanted to do is maybe take a moment and and circle back to today and ask him about uh, foreign ownership restrictions. Um, obviously, in Thailand, we're quite used to uh, uh, foreign ownership having an impact on on asset uh, ownership, etc. So I'm wondering if this has any impact or plays into sort of debt restructuring options or restricts certain uh, availability of, of certain people who might want to finance that or, or, or what have you. So I'm wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah, so uh, kind of it limits your debt restructuring when dealing with third party lenders or offshore lenders. So if it's a, if your asset was a real estate or a, you are operating in a sector which is not 100 percent open for foreign investment, then creating security of your assets in favor of foreign lenders or offshore lenders becomes tricky. And hence, uh, your marketability of your assets is little limited and hence even the offshore lender has to uh, take on board with a local lender. And so it becomes a little complicated on that front. Uh, yeah, so I, I believe the, uh, this is one place where we may see some restrictions if you are holding some uh, real estate assets or real properties uh, generally as your assets. And that's very common with the current scope of things where hospitality and real estate is one sector where uh, a lot of debt structuring is required. I think we'll probably um wrap up wrap things up and end it here um I, of course we want to first thank Vinay for taking time out today to to enlighten us as to what the options are and sort of point out uh give us some sort of on the ground intel as to what he's seeing in the market and what we're seeing across the region uh, and especially in thailand uh, specifically what government incentives there are what other programs there are etc so that's it's actually quite quite helpful and, and, and really informative. So thank you, Vinay, for that. With that, I think that we will complete today's session. I want to thank all of the people who took the time to attend. I hope you found the information informative. I hope you found some of it useful. If we can help you with anything or if you have any questions, obviously you can contact Vinay or any one of the members of our firm. We'll be happy to either answer your questions directly or steer you in the right direction. Thank you, Jonathan.